This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning, hour number two. John Mosaylock, the president of baseball operations, coming up at 1130. Before that, we'll get a visit from Mizzou football coach Barry Odom. The Tigers put it on Southeast Missouri State yesterday, 50 to nothing. We'll also hear from my dear friend Bryce Weiler from the Beautiful Lives Project. Bryce was born blind, and his he is paving the way for those with special needs to visit sports venues, to play sports. He is unbelievable, and you're going to hear from him at 1145. Right now, it's the inside pitch with Kyle McClellan, the world champion. The former Cardinals pitcher is with us every Sunday at 1105, sponsored by Redbird Carriers and the Stacey Leibelou Scholarship Fund, funding Christian education for those in need. How are you doing on this fine Sunday morning, Kyle? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. You like all that college football? Do you get into all that on Saturday? I do well. I had uh, normally yes, but I uh, yesterday my daughter had uh, soccer tournaments, so running around for that. Also uh, hosted Cardinals Kids Club uh, event there on the field with John Brebby and Matt Weeters and Mike Shield. So I didn't have a whole lot of opportunity to watch it yesterday. Oh yeah, no, I've had days like that for sure. But that sounds like a fun-filled and fulfilling day. Actually, let's first talk about <laughs> Olivia. How did she do? She did good. They won uh, won their first game. She scored a goal, which is great. She's starting to kind of figure it out and get a taste of that was is fun to see and uh the second game was a different different uh, different animal <laughs> the girls were a little more advanced than our girls and it was a rough game but uh it's fun i i, I actually i called my wife i got done with i had to miss the second game i got done with the event i called her and she said we just started and i said oh, i'm gonna try to make it so i was there for the second half but it's just so cool people that have kids understand how fun it is to watch your kids go out there and and give their best effort and get better at things time and time again. And uh, plus when you see all the work they put in during the week, it's always fun to see it, you know, have a game and and get to play it out there in the game. Oh, no question. Uh, How was the Cardinals kids club with Weeders and Brebby and Schilt? It was awesome. John Brebby is a character as most know. Uh, Matt Weeders did a great job. Mike Shields just, he, he just gets it. You know, I just, he's what a great representation of the, of the organization they have in him and, you know, just willing to do all those things and, and wants to do all those things and spend time with the kids and the parents and um, tries to deliver such a great message. So it was good. We had about 4,000 kids there, and uh, they got to experience it as members of the Cardinals Kids Club and uh, one of the perks that they get with that. So it's a pretty good deal. If you got kids and you're looking for some, some unique opportunities, I would uh, highly re- recommend looking into that club. Which stadium will be buzzing today as the Cardinals try to put away the Milwaukee Brewers and win the series. Brewers got them back yesterday, 5-2. to two. Cardinals aren't going to win every game. Uh, they had a couple bumps in the road in Colorado and then just came home and just drilled the Brewers on Friday. Saturday was a different story, although Jack Flaherty still looked good with 10 strikeouts. Now, Michael Waka gets another shot, and you know what? He's been pretty good. I mean, you consider what was on the line for him. Michael Waka gets an opportunity. You have to watch him pretty closely, don't you, every time? Yeah, I think so. But he, I think he's done a great job. I think since he's, you know, he's been out of the rotation, back in, out of the rotation, back in, and then had to had to throw on short rest. Um, but I feel like 
he's had three or four starts there in a row where he's really gone out there and proved himself. I think made a statement, you know, a lot of credit to him. This has not been an easy year for him. I'm sure if you talk to him kind of behind the scenes, he would tell you, man, this has been a tough one mentally um, to, to have things not go your way, but he's continues to go out there and persevere. And, you know, that game yesterday, if you're a Milwaukee fan or if, if you, if you look at it from their side of things, that was a great game for them mm-hmm. to, to, to have that winning streak, to come in and get blown out that first game and then to bounce right back. So the Cardinals know they're not going to give up. They're not going to cave in. They're not going to turn over the rest of the schedule to the Cardinals and just say, oh, you beat us once, we're done. They're going to continue to fight, and uh, they're going to have a tough game on their hands here today as well. Yeah, they're a good team. I mean, they have some hitters, and they showed it yesterday. Moustakas and Grandal have hit a ton of home runs together. I mean, they have a total of 61 together, and they both cracked homers yesterday to help the Brewers get that win, so we'll see what happens today. The Cubs, speaking of home runs, have been rolling here lately. They've been (laughs) playing the Pirates, though. Uh, The Pirates really have helped everybody out, it seems. I turned on the game yesterday just to kind of see what the score was, and I did a whoa, man! It just uh, all of a sudden they had a lot of runs on that board. So uh, you know, hopefully this isn't something they're going to settle into and and get going. But it's it's surely surely going to be a a fun end of the season here. And I think from MLB's perspective, from fans' perspective, maybe it's a little closer than you would like. But uh, man, this is exciting. It's fun, especially you got the Brewers and Cubs on the schedule quite a bit. Um, so the next two weeks here is uh, pretty much everything comes down to this. Yeah, Cubs are very good at home, 49-24, and 24, and they are not good on the road, 31-44. Right. and 44, So we'll see. But they're three back. Milwaukee's four back. It's a big, big week coming up again. A big finish to the season. We'll see what happens today with a 115 start at Bush Stadium. The inside pitch with Kyle McClellan. Always a pleasure. Have a great day. All right. Thanks, Tom. We'll be back with Mizzou football coach Barry Odom on Sports on a Sunday Morning on KMOX. Welcome back to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munganass St. Louis Honda on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. It's 11-15 sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX right here in St. Louis. Cardinal baseball coming your way at 12-20 for the pregame, 1-15 first pitch. The Cardinals and the Brewers. Cardinals right in there in the pennant race. Three-game lead in the NL Central. Four-game lead over this Brewers team. Three-game lead over the Cubs. 7 of 10 still against the Cubs to finish the season. It's going to be a wild month. Let's join the head coach of the Missouri Tigers who's already had a wild season, and that's Barry Odom. Coach, it's great to be with you. You have roared back after losing to Wyoming in Game 1. You beat West Virginia in Week 2, and yesterday you went over Southeast Missouri State 50 to nothing. How are you doing this morning? Hey, Tom, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, and uh, appreciate all the work that you do. Not only covering our team, but but all of sport. Uh, job well done, and and uh, much respect. I appreciate it very much. I want to let you in on something. I'm not going to name this person. They sent me an email. A listener sent me an email and asked me how could I say that Mizzou was impressive against Southeast Missouri State when they're playing Southeast Missouri State. When I say that Mizzou is impressive, I'm talking about this game. And I'm talking about week two against West Virginia, who, by the way, took it to NC State yesterday and not a bad football team. And your team has won back-to-back really good games. So, that, by the way, that wasn't a Mizzou fan that was emailing me. But that's, you know, that's a typical thing. It's hard sometimes for people to judge a football team based on the opponent. But if you look at your team, what are you seeing that is impressive and what are you seeing that gives you signs that you're progressing? Well, I look at the progress that we've made really in all three phases of our game since 
since our first opportunity to play a, a game this year, and we've made moves in a positive direction and in every area and that's that's good that's sign of growth that's improvement but also the understanding that that we've got a lot better yet to get and i know that we're going to get there the the habits that we've shown in practice are aligning with where i think we can continue to make room and grow um obviously the competition ramps up in a, in a great way this week against uh, south carolina opening league play um but i understand the the um the competitive spirit that, that we've got in our locker room. And I know the things that we're doing, the, the work that our kids are putting in. And then, you know, the last two weeks we've gone out and we've executed at a pretty high level to start the game. Uh, we need to work on a, a lot of different areas within within the game. But that's, you know, that's every every team in America right now is saying the same thing. And you know, I'm not going to minimize any opponent uh, or, or the – or the outcome, but a look across college football, and it's hard to win. It doesn't matter who you're lined up against, and that—that's every week. Uh, things are exposed, and and sometimes there's plays made and not. So, we will continue to control what we can uh, in in the course of how you approach each week, and then we understand that on Saturday for three and a half hours, we need to go execute at a high level. You're right about the opponents. I mean, Illinois lost to Eastern Michigan, 34-31. The Citadel beat Georgia Tech. Now, Georgia Tech's rebuilding, but they beat Georgia Tech. Kansas lost at one this last weekend, but lost to Coastal Carolina. I mean, things do happen. Now, you will be playing South Carolina in your next matchup. It's an SEC team. We know what that means. We know what's on the line. We know what just happened to them against Alabama. It should be fascinating to see how you match up in that game, Barry. Well, we've got a, a, a good jump on them, and we know. I know uh, through our off-season study, we know their personnel on what they have. They're a talented squad. Will's done a great job recruiting, and uh, they're excellent coaches. And they, you know, they they battled yesterday against a obviously a really really good Alabama team and had chances. Uh, they made plays, and it was a it was a competitive game. And you look at you know how their season has unfolded. They lost a, a really tough one to, to North Carolina early on. And then they came back against an FCS school and, and uh, you know really ran them out of the ran them out of the stadium and then had a tough a tough one yesterday against Alabama. So we know what we're getting. It'll be a terrific matchup. Um, you know, and I I think that uh, you look at the line of scrimmage you know, and the way that they recruited and what they've got up front on the defensive line is very very impressive. Offensively, freshman quarterbacks playing at a high level, such a talented kid. Uh, we recruited and knew about him uh, for a long time, you know, in, in high school. And then you look at the outside, the perimeter that they have uh, skill set wise. They're, they're as talented as anybody in the league. Their offensive line is playing extremely well. So it'll be a tremendous challenge, great opportunity for us to see how we match up in some of those areas. And then uh, we're, we're so excited to have a chance to play again at home, three o'clock. Uh, on a Saturday afternoon in, in Columbia, Missouri. It's going to be an awesome environment for us. Yeah, I think so. Did you see an uptick in fans? I know you want want to see those fans continue to come in. It looked like you had a bigger crowd for this game than the West Virginia game. Yeah, it sure felt like it. And I, I didn't see the exact attendance numbers, you know, comparably from week two to week three. But, it, you know, we could feel it in, in the, the environment in the stadium. I thought our student section did a terrific job. Uh, and that's so important for for us and for home field advantage and all the things that go into that. Recruits see that, you know, the 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 opportunity and now the setup that that really our entire administration has taken on on making the game day experience something unique. Uh, they've done a great job and 
um, you know, if we could get if we could get this thing sold out, that's going to help us in a tremendous way. How about speaking of numbers? By the way, the crowd was fifty six thousand six twenty. That's good. That's a good number. Uh, but how about this number that you pointed out? I don't know. Did someone tell you this, or how did you find that out? Fifty to nothing, and the five hundredth game at Faro Field. That's there's a reason we, we, we kick the field goal at certain times, and there, there's a reason that we maintain the shutout, right? And it told, <laughs> I knew it was the, uh, the 500th game, and, and you know, I, I do on a serious note. I, I take great responsibility in, in uh, playing our best at, at home and, 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 and away, obviously. But, but really here you look at all the people before us, before this team that, that have built this place, this program, this university, you know, the fans hear stories over and over and over about, you know, like my grandmother, grandfather had tickets. We had the same season tickets. I mean, that, that means something to me. And uh, it means something to our team. We understand that we're just a, a, a very small part of this university. And we, we represent so many things a lot bigger than ourselves. Kelly Bryant, how did he look yesterday? And how is your offense? He's continuing to make progress. I thought there were times we looked really good and sharp. And then there were other times we hit a lull of about three consecutive series that we didn't get a first down and a couple of the things were self-inflicted on penalties uh on, on just lack of execution so that obviously that can't happen we've got too many too many players uh in in position to go make plays we've got to go execute uh so we, we've got to find a way to maintain drives you know you don't have to go the expectation you know, on on getting into manageable third downs we got to go execute and get the first down um, you know, you're not every drive's not going to end up in a touchdown, but we can't go three and out. That that's a recipe for us not having success. So anyway, we're going to get that fixed, and uh, the urgency of getting it done is is obviously upon us. And your running game was pretty strong, as you mentioned. The offense did have some lulls here and there, but Larry Roundtree rumbles for 142 on 18 carries. It's been a, an up and down year for him so far. Well, I look, the last two weeks, he's, he's yep. uh, gone over 100 yards, so that's good. I think he's looking uh, like what we kind of expected going into the year. He ran tough. He ran solid last night, always finished the runs, moving forward, uh, ran, ran with a purpose. And uh, so that's good. We're going to need it. You know, up front, there are some times that, that uh, our guys, you know, all five on the same page did a really nice job on the point of attack, and that's got to continue. Your defense, uh, you held that team to only 94 total yards. Again, it's, uh, I think you're looking for improvement and execution. With the plays, the defenses that you call, you wanted to see things executed. Did you see any holes in your defense whatsoever? Well, I thought they played well together. And again, you know, when the starting unit was out there, uh, they played with a, a sense of urgency and purpose, and they were assignment sound. And... Uh, you know, for the now two weeks in a row, I thought we have taken control of the game defensively, uh, and that that's going to be so important for us as we get into the heart of the SEC schedule and the things that we need to do. We've got to be able to control and 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 really uh, run defense is so important to what we're trying to get done and accomplished, and that's improved in the last two weeks. And now, you know, it's such a such a great challenge with uh, the way that South Carolina wants to run the ball. Special teams looking pretty strong right now. Yeah, anytime you get, you know, in the last two weeks we've had a, a score on defense, which is huge. Uh, anytime you know you can score and your offense is not on the field, that's that's a that's a bonus. And then yesterday we got two of them: interception return for a touchdown, and then a punt return for a touchdown over Rashad Floyd. Uh, we did a great job up front on on uh, getting initial 
blocks up front to buy, buy us some time and and Rashad made a good decision, uh, you know, making one guy miss and then back to the return on the way it was and you know ended up getting a couple getting a, a couple blocks downfield and he did a great job staying staying in bounds and finding the end zone. So really, fourteen points when the offense is not on the field that that's we'll take that every time we can get it. Family night for me last night, so I didn't go to any sporting events. But I'll tell you what, when people started to go to bed in our house, I had that remote working, man. I mean, I, there was some stuff going on last night. Yeah, the Cardinals were playing. Mizzou's <laughs> playing. Of course, I was keeping a very close eye on your game. But that Florida-Kentucky game, whoa, that was a tussle right there. That's pretty impressive what Florida did. Losing uh, Felipe Franks and their backup quarterback's a good one, and he got it done. Isn't it amazing? You, you know, we had a, the night game yesterday, so you sit around the hotel and you have meetings with your guys and meals and then you give them a little downtime. And during the downtime, you, you know, the games are on all across America and you, uh, sit around and think, what in the world are we doing? I mean, all the things that go into, uh, how hard it is to win. Uh, but you learn lessons from every game and every opportunity that, that they play. You know, you, you try to learn, uh, from from in game experiences to the to the things that you see and and uh, you know our, there's a number of things we'll use today from across you know the world of college football yesterday that that uh, we can implement in our own in our own program. Yeah, it was a crazy day for sure. A lot of things happening right now. College football season is fascinating. A lot of twists and turns. I do know this: you're two and one. Uh, the team that you lost to in the beginning of the year, Wyoming, is three and zero. West Virginia comes back and takes care of NC State. They seem to have bounced back. That win looking really good for you. And now at 2-1, and one, South Carolina's on the doorstep, and we'll just see what you do week by week. It, and I, I also know this. You're awfully good in November. I mean, we're, that's a long way away, but I, your record in November is pretty <laughs> it's good. A, it's a long season, man. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the, the thing you can't do, you know, for us, you, you, you better take care of the moment, the right here and the right now. As soon as you start thinking about uh, something other than for us right now at this point, you know, you can't look back. We're looking forward. That game was yesterday is so long gone from from anything that we're doing other than we make the corrections and we move on. It's full steam ahead on, on our next opportunity. You will be taking on South Carolina on SEC Network at 3 o'clock this Saturday, but I would highly recommend that you make the trip to Columbia. It's a short trip from St. Louis. It's an hour and a half. You get in there early, you tailgate, you have a good old time with your family and friends, and you see the Tigers in an SEC game at Faro Field. There's no better league than the Southeastern Conference, that's for sure. We appreciate it, Barry, very much. Thanks for joining us, as always, on these Sunday mornings. Thanks, Tom. Y'all have a great week. You too. The head coach of the Missouri Tigers, Barry Odom, with us on KMOX. We'll come back and we'll have John Mosellock, Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, on sports on a Sunday morning. Welcome back to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munganass pre-owned on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. I'm Tom Ackerman. It's a pleasure to be along with you, and it was a pleasure to watch this man in action. Here we go. Third inning on the 13th. Fowler's the runner at second now. Long at first. Very good speed. Wainwright, a lead in foul territory at third. Two balls, two strikes on Goldschmidt. Hauser from the stretch. The pitch to Goldie. A swing, and there's a drive to left field. Back to the wall, and it's gone. A grand slam for Goldschmidt, clearing the wall into the Milwaukee bullpen. John Rooney with the call. Oh, he wasn't finished there. Nope. 
Sixth inning, two runners on. Dean Goldschmidt, who uh, struck out in the first inning, hit a grand slam home run in the third. And the pitch to him here. Swinging another long one in the left center. Get up, baby. Get up. Get up. Goodbye. A three-run homer. A four-run homer. And Goldschmidt has made it ten to nothing. Ten to nothing. Cardinals won by that count, 10 to nothing. Lost yesterday, 5 to 2. Game three of the series is today at 115. And John Mosellock, the president of baseball operations, joined us. I just wanted to hear, I wanted you to hear one of your best trades of your career right there. Paul Goldschmidt makes it happen. Well, certainly an exciting night for, for the Cardinals and for Paul. And, you know, I think when you're down to this point of the year, all important moments become big, whether they're positive or negative, and I think that's what makes it so exciting. And uh, you know, last night was just a very dynamic crowd here. It was uh, you could tell like people are smelling October a little bit, and uh, so it's a, certainly an exciting time to be around uh, Bush Stadium right now. That's for sure. But it's nice to have Paul Goldschmidt on your side, isn't it? Well, absolutely. Um, you know, when you think back to, to why we made that acquisition, um, certainly the, the middle-of-the-order type hitter was something that we were thinking about. But I also think he hasn't disappointed as, as someone that has huge influence in the clubhouse, as someone who's had huge influence on our uh, defensive success this year. So, you know, really when you, you look at what he's meant to the team, it's been very important. It wasn't your only big acquisition, though, in the offseason. Andrew Miller was a big pickup for you. Now, he wasn't used last night, and I had Mike Schild on last hour. It did not go his way. Tyler Webb gives up the home run, a walk, and then a home run. But Andrew Miller, the importance of him right now heading into what you're hoping is a postseason run, just what is your current feeling about Andrew Miller, what he's done for you so far, and what you're looking forward to? Well, I think like most people would agree that it's it's been a bit of a, a little bit of a head scratcher. And what I mean by that is um, he still has that sort of swing and miss, dominant stuff at times, but he's also found himself sometimes in in hitter counts, meaning falls behind. He's had a few few hit batsmen or walks of late that that are, again are can be a bit concerning, but. You know, I do think he's one of those guys that that wants to be in in high leverage situations, wants to be in big games. And so, you know, from that standpoint, that's that's the right attitude to approach what we need. No doubt. Uh, The Cardinals have Michael Waka on the mound. What a turnaround for him, really. I mean, you think about what he's been able to do. He's part of this rotation, and we'll see what he does today. But Michael's been pretty impressive lately, hasn't he? Oh, he's been great. And, you know, I, I think like you, you think back to the trade deadline and, and a lot of people were very upset with us for for not going out and getting a starter. And, and, and part of the, the calculus behind that was here's a young man that that's when he's pitched for the Cardinals has been pretty good. And there, there's no doubt there's there's been some stumbling points along the way. But you know, when you run a team, there has to be some loyalty to to the people that have done good things here. And, you know, he really wanted a chance. He didn't want to get um, um, just put in a place where he would never get an opportunity to pitch again. And so, you know, I think he's tried to make the most of it as he enters his free agent year. And, and so, you know, I, I, I'm appreciative and grateful that he's been able to um, contribute the way he has because it's certainly that we had hoped for. What do you think of Marcelo Zuna's future? I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not expecting an answer here, but just your evaluation of Marcel, his current situation, contract-wise, and and what's ahead for him. Yeah, I think the the easiest way to to address these types of questions is that you 
you don't you have to look at a couple things. You have to look at really what your long-term needs are because these types of decisions can't be just what's going to help you next year. And then you also have to look at, at really what's in your pipeline and what do you have coming. And so I'll allow people to do their own analysis on that. Of course, uh, <laughs> we here at St. Louis will have to do ours as well this off season. But, you know, he's he's done well this year. There's no doubt about it. So Regardless of, of where he ends up, I think he's put himself in a, in a good place as he enters the free agent market. A lot of people evaluating your team, right? I mean, there are a lot. I've you've always been so respectful to the bloggers and the online accounts that follow your farm system. Is it? It's amazing to me how many people follow your farm system very closely. If you want information on a prospect, you can find it. It's it's really something. Well, I really think that's sort of where we are in, in today's world in, in terms of, you know, a lot wasn't being written about the minor leagues 15, 20 years ago. And, um, you, you know, you think about when Baseball America started publishing and all of a sudden it brought a little bit more insights to what was happening in the amateur world and, of course, what was happening at the minor league level. But now it's, you have people that, that on their own dime really take time to write about baseball. And, in a way, it's great for the game because you know they're they're promoting, advocating what's happening in, in places that might not get normal attention. But I also think these are you know skilled young people that are are also looking for a, a chance to to make a name for themselves in the media world. So you know I think it's really sort of a win win for everybody. And when you say, do I respect them or do I give them the time of day? I, I do because I also think that you know they're doing us a service. That's one that I think we all benefit from. One player that you did not trade is Jack Flaherty. And uh, thank goodness he didn't. He is just remarkable. I mean, even in a loss yesterday, he strikes out 10. What an unbelievable season he is having. I mean, I don't know if he's going to win the Cy Young, but he could be up for one very soon. I mean, that was just been dynamic. And what did you see in him that turned it around? You know, I think the biggest thing for him has been his fastball command. Um, you know, you look at at really what he's done from you know, late June to, to to now. It's you know he's finding himself in in, in more pitcher counts, and, and he's obviously taking advantage of it. He also has the ability to put hitters away, um, hence ten strikeouts. But you know, I think that evolution of what you've seen over the last. Uh, really eight to 12 weeks has been something that we were hoping for from day one. And, you know, I, I think we all feel like he's an elite player, elite prospect, and someone that we can all be very excited about moving forward. He is the youngest Cardinal in history to record a 200 strikeout season. He now has 206 strikeouts at the age of 23. That is really something. The Cardinals play today against the Brewers at 115. And I'm just curious if there's any uh, I guess as as you look at these last few weeks, what do you, as the president of baseball operations, focus most on? Your minor league, your minor leaguers are 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 done. That season is over. Johnson City was the last, and congratulations to them. Uh, I know that uh, the Arizona Fall League and things like that are happening. But you look at the last few weeks. What are you most focused on? Well, well. There's two things. One is obviously I'll be paying attention to, to really every pitch, every event that happens in the baseball game because the nice thing is is that's what you can focus on in in terms of you're not having to worry about really much else from the baseball side. 
But there's also the business side of this where you're already starting to think about what you want to look like next year. So a lot of staffing decisions as we continue to, to look at 2020. So a lot of focus will be with more of the, the sub-departments, if you will, of the Cardinals and making sure that we get the right people signed up and, and our staffing in place. So um, when we do get to the off season, all that is ready to go. And ultimately, uh, um, we can then focus on the Major League Club. Well, best to you this month. This has been a lot of fun. We'll see if the Cardinals can keep it going against the Brewers today at one fifteen. A real pleasure as always, John Mozalak. Thanks for the visit. Thank you, Tom. Hope so. Bye-bye. <laughs> Absolutely. It always is. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. You'll love hearing from Bryce Weiler. He's next on KMOX. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX continues. Cardinal baseball right around the corner. A one fifteen start. Twelve twenty for Ameren Total Access. Look who's in town. Bryce Weiler is back in town, and when you're in St. Louis, we're a better place, that's for sure. How are you? Hi, Tom. It's great to be here with you today, see how the Cardinals can do in the third game of the series against the Milwaukee Brewers. Well, we'll see. The Cardinals are in this NL Central race. The Brewers and Cubs are both in there. I know you're a big baseball fan, and you've been paying attention to what's going on, but your relationship with baseball has gone even deeper with Beautiful Lives. Your organization does some amazing things. Just tell us what you're doing in town, first of all. With the Beautiful Lives Project, we give individuals who are disabled the opportunity to take part in various programs across the country, sports, cheerleading, dance, ballet. And we have chapters all across the country where these events take place in Chicago, California, North Carolina, Connecticut, Dallas, Texas, and Green Bay, Wisconsin. But we're always looking to open up new chapters. Maybe some of your St. Louis friends or various other towns in this area may want to run their own chapter, Tom. All you have to do is go to beautifullives.org to learn more, how to donate your time, make a donation, connect with others with special needs. That's really what you're doing here, aren't you? You're not just providing opportunities, but you're creating a network making that network and also helping individuals to not feel so lonely and to realize that there are people in the world who care about them and who who want to help them overcome the obstacles and the challenges that they're facing in their life. So for the people who, who care for them and support them, their families, whatever groups they might go to during the week, specialized programs, really bringing all those groups together as a cohesive unit and putting that together with some fun events to create bonding and long-lasting friendships. Give me an example of an event. Well, one event could be where we set something up with a college or a high school cheerleading team and... They would go practice with the cheerleading team the night before the football game, and they'd be able to spend time with the cheerleaders, maybe have some pizza, learn some cheers, and they'd go cheer with the cheerleaders during the first half of the game and do a special cheer at halftime, and they'll have friends that can last forever after that. You've also done some baseball activities, both in Connecticut with the New Britain Bees. You've worked with the Baltimore Orioles. You most recently were in the Atlanta area. Tell us about your efforts over the summer. So I've been setting up all sorts of programs. When I was in Georgia, I had um, individuals playing on the field with AAU softball players from Temple Crown Sports. So we had a a beatball field running where people who are blind played beatball. We had individuals who had autism who played on two other fields. So it was really special having three fields running at once. And 
those are the types of programs that a chapter can run um, as well. Someone can, can say they want to be the president of the St. Louis chapter and they can uh, email me at Bryce with a Y at beautifullives.org, Bryce at beautifullives.org, and then we can help them set up their fundraising goals. Chapters typically need to raise between ten dollars to $15,000 each year to be able to cover the costs of their events, and they can be setting up their own specialized events and programs in St. Louis. And because KMOX is one of the most powerful radio stations in the country, all across the country, Tom. Yeah, absolutely it is. First time I ever met you, and for folks who don't know Bryce, Bryce was born blind, and I met you at the University of Evansville as you were shooting free throws on the floor with Marty Simmons' team before the game. And you knew about KMOX, you knew about our radio station, all the things that we do, and you continue to be a big fan of not only radio, but you are on the radio doing commentary. Tell us about some of the pursuits there. So let's see what games have I commentated this year. I've commentated games with the New Britain Bees baseball team, with the Akron Rubber Ducks team. I actually spoke to the Akron Rubber Ducks team double uh, A for uh, Cleveland before a game when they played out in Hartford this year. So I've commentated some of those games. I've also commentated some uh, high school girls basketball for my little sister Kenzie's only Lady Tigers games last year. That was really special, being able to commentate one of Kinsey's first-ever varsity games. Uh, definitely something I'd always dreamed about doing and was fortunately given that opportunity by the radio station in my town, 92.9, who are big Cardinals supporters who you had as the featured station about six weeks ago for a game. Bryce, so we've, all you ha- we've had you up in the broadcast booth for games, and we've enjoyed having you at Bush Stadium. You have a great passion for sports, but also for helping others. How did you get to this point? You have some great momentum going right now with this project. What has driven you? Having all the people who really helped me in my life in college with helping me get food in the cafeteria or teaching me how to shoot free throws, I really wanted to be able to give that back to other individuals who might be blind or in a wheelchair and having autism or whatever the case might be, any group of of people who have challenges in their life and showing them that if you try your hardest to live your dreams and to accomplish your goals and if you have a good support system around you of people who want to help you then making those dreams will be something that you'll be able to accomplish you've made some great contacts in the sports world some of your favorites are coaches why are you so connected to coaches in particular basketball I think that I can um, understand better with a coach how they think and how they analyze a basketball game. Obviously not being able to see, I could never really be a star player. So being able to think about how a coach thinks about the game or how they set up their their team is something that I can use on a broadcast. It's something that I can understand quite well also. Beautiful lives. What's ahead for it? I would like to set up as many chapters across the country in in small towns, big cities, medium-sized towns, because every every town has people who are disabled who want to have the opportunity to live the best life possible. They just need a chapter president to want to start setting up those events, to want to have me teach them all the specialized rules of how to set up events, and to go fundraise and speak to groups and share their message of of helping everyone and 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 never letting someone feel like they're left out and they don't have people in their life who can help them because that 
is a very lonely and a very frustrating feeling. And that is what we try to take out of this world and this country because that is more important than the great events we set up. It is letting people feel welcome and feel they have a place in the world at large. So you have a lot of things you want to accomplish here. One is to let people know who have special needs that they can connect with you and in a way they can connect with each other through the Beautiful Lives Project, but also that you need help. You need funding and you need people to donate their time and to volunteer. Let's talk about the funding aspect of it. Best picture, what, what is happening right now? What, what can we do? Well, for the funding, people can donate on our website, beautifullives.org, and and that will help start new chapters across the country. It will cover any costs that might have to come from various events, like items that might need to be purchased, or if there's some type of a program where someone, say, has to purchase some type of a, of a ticket to go to a special water slide event, and they don't have uh, the funding because, unfortunately, they don't have a job because people don't want to hire them because they don't think they can, they can have employment just because they're blind or they're having autism, which, by the way, is not a good reason not to hire someone. Everyone should be given a chance to have the best job and to live their, their, their best life possible. So that is, that is some about what funding would, would go towards, helping build new chapters and helping with, with the events that we currently have on the calendar. And finally, what about somebody listening to this right now saying, not only would I like to volunteer, but I'd like to help you throw an event in my town. How do you make that connection? So if a person wants to set up an event anywhere in the, in the country, they can just email me at bryce at beautifullives.org. They could also call me, and my number is 812-899-5673, 812-899-5673. Hopefully they will have so much fun with that one event, they want to set up a multitude of events in their town. And in that case, I can instruct them on how to do that, help them get in contact with the with the caregiver organizations and contact all the national groups in their town and state as well. 812-899-5673 is the phone number for Bryce Weiler or you can reach him at Bryce B R Y C E at beautifullives.org and the website for the Beautiful Lives project is beautifullives.org. And Bryce, we appreciate the time very much on KMOX. I know you'll stay in touch with us as we stay in touch with you, and we continue to watch this grow and flourish, and we really appreciate it, and we're proud of you. Thanks for having me on, Tom, and for doing all the things in, in talking about not only the sports here in St. Louis, but promoting all the great programs who, who do things to help people all across this country. Now let's get this man a plate of toasted ravioli while he's in town, all right? Thanks, Bryce. Thanks, Tom. Bryce Weiler with us on KMOX. We'll be back. Sports on a Sunday morning continues right after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.